0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Eternity. This is the Eternal Summer Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Miller. Super excited to be on today to talk about some revelation, to talk about some scripture today. I'm just excited because we've been sharing dreams. We've been sharing revelations. We've been on the mysteries and seeking out the mysteries of Christ together. We're seeking the Olam path the ancient path, the eternal path that much of Western Western religion just doesn't want to talk about. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about dreams and visions and prophecies in this new eon, eon of time that aren't always gained through the physical senses. Today, I want to talk about more than just some dreams and visions and prophecies that we've been talking about on the last three, four episodes And I want to talk about just some revelation, because that happens too, when we're having these dreams, we're reading scripture, we're praying, we're having visions, and all of those things stack on each other. And much of the time when that happens, we're deep diving, at least this happens to me, and I know this happens to many of you, we're deep diving into scripture, and then that actually yields a revelation for us through the written word of God. Um, through the spoken word of God, then to us in our dreams, our visions our praying. Um, And so we have this combination, this mixture of, you know, the Bible, the written word with the living word, Jesus, and Holy Spirit and Father God, and how he speaks to us. When all of these things a lot of times culminate, and they mix, and they're speaking deeply to us, we can have revelations, we can have layers peeled back for us. And that is such a key in our relationship, in our union that we have with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's part of the journey. That's part of the circle dance. That is living life. That is life eternal. That is life. And and John writes so much about that, right? He talks about life eternal, eternal life, and life. And we know that even scripture says, where the kingdom of heaven is. We know that the kingdom of heaven is within us as well. And so all of these things are so key as we move forward, as we're trying to understand even deeper revelations into scripture and peel back the onion layers. And this week I was really dwelling on, and I have been dwelling on this, what repent means, what actually sin means, all of these things. Um, and I've been on this for a while. And so some of the stuff isn't new revelation, but the other day I was working out and I was in the gym and I'm just training and, and it just, it wasn't like anything new or there was this new intellectual knowledge that hit me by any means, but it was a deeper understanding of it all. And a lot of times when we gain this understanding, the understanding will transcend or move past our English language of understanding. So we'll understand something, but we won't have the language to tangibly speak it to somebody. It's much more of an inner knowing at first. Um, A lot of times I believe we're given language to explain things as we move forward in our maturity and our understanding. And sometimes I believe we're shown things um, and understand things that transcend language, because it is just not legal yet to speak about on earth or in this 3d plane. Even Paul talks about, he comes back from, from the third heavens and he's like, some of these things that I've seen aren't even legal to speak on. And so I believe that. I know I have had these experiences and had dreams where I am in in that state. I'm seeing, I'm understanding, and I have a deep revelation on things. And the minute I open my eyes and I grab my phone, my notes to write them down, I have nothing to explain it. I have no words to be able to transcribe what I was just Living in what I was just experiencing, and that is much of the experiential knowledge that we're supposed to be living in, in union, in the circle dance with Christ. Not everything is supposed to be this tangible um, explanation, because that is where our faith grows. That is what part of this journey entails. And so, I'm sitting in this verse, right, and in Matthew four seventeen, where Jesus says repent the kingdom of hand, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So in the King James version, it says, um, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay. In the the passion translation, it it says like this, he says in these words, keep turning away from your sin and come back to God for the kingdom of, of, for heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible. I'm going to say that again because I butchered that. Keep turning away from your sins and come back to God for King for heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible. Okay. So let's keep both of these translations in mind here as we move through some of these notes that I wrote down. So I sat down this morning and I journaled and I really attempted to write down um, this thought and this revelation from a deeper standpoint. And I don't have words for all of it yet, but I think this will be a good starting point for us on this revelation of, of maybe a an additional layer of what Jesus was speaking to people in that time and to us now. Um, Because what I'm being shown is so much of our mindset now is like this repeat of how things were even pre Christ. And then directly after Christ on how we believed ourselves to be in this separation from God, this illusion of this separation from God. And that is, One of the biggest reasons when we're looking at scripture from a Christological lens, we can see the actually reason why Christ came to restore this relationship in in union. That was there, but we believed in our endemic mindset that it was not. We talked a little bit about that on podcast number three on this dropping of our endemic mindset, pulling off that cloak, right? So let's dive into this. So the other day I was working out. And I was thinking about repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the kingdom is at hand. And it just hit me at a deeper level of this. It's important to just know a few things. So we need to define some of this language, we need to define what these means, we need to define what repent means, we need to define what sin is. So we can actually truly understand some deeper revelations of what Jesus was saying. So What does sin actually mean? We look at the Greek word sin, hemartia. The Greek word for sin means to be without or to be without form. It is a representation of us being formless or void. And I was taken back to the waters before creation when the spirit was hovering over the waters. We talked about this on the last podcast. Over over the void, over the chaos, that's much of our life when we are in sin. Sin is much deeper than us just messing up. I'm messing up. I did something wrong. I did something what I was supposed what I wasn't supposed to do. Sin is when we are actually formless or void. It is when we are outside of our true identity. That can be even subconscious. When we forget who we truly are, we must remember who we truly are, and move into our real identity. So that's the first thing. We really have to look at sin. And it is to be without form is what sin is, that hemartia. Okay. Second, we must understand what repent means. The Greek word metaneo or metanoia, depending on how you pronounce that, means to change our mind. It's much more than to change our direction. Okay, just like a lot of times that amartia, the sin, people think it's just to miss the mark. It's much deeper than to just miss the mark, sin is, right? The same thing goes with metanoia. It actually means to change our mind. It's more than just to change our direction. Because we can change our direction all we want, but we're always going to end up messing up and getting in the wrong direction again if our mind isn't changed if our mind isn't renewed so this is much deeper and dr simmons even in the passion translation talks about it as turning back to god that it's it's a much deeper thing that it's turning back to god the result of a changed mind is turning back so that even stemmed a, a deeper question in my mind right is how can non-believers turn back to God if they were never with God, right? That's what Western Christianity tells us is that you were never there. You were born this way. You were born in depravity. And so it's is just some more thoughts for us to, to really dwell on. How can we turn back to God if a non-believer was never there? Is is it because where they are originally created from? I believe it is the reason why we can turn back to God no matter what state we're in is because turning back to God is going back to our original intent. It's going back to what we were originally created from. Yes. And so we must understand that repenting is much more than just begging for forgiveness. We hear this much today. You got to repent of your sins. We hear this on Sundays nonstop. You need to repent of your sins. But repenting isn't begging for forgiveness. Repenting is not begging for forgiveness. It's returning back to our original intent. It's the changing of our mind and turning back to God, right? Which results in a change of direction. Change of direction is the result of our mind being renewed, which ties into that scripture. Our minds are renewed daily, right? This is why this happens daily for us is we're turning back to God. So we're having some deeper meanings behind these words, right? And so then we must understand the edemic mind, how people believed back then that they were cursed, how people believed back then that they were separated from God, that they didn't have this union from God, how they believed that they needed to do a sacrifice to cover their sins. And that was true. They they had to do a, a sacrifice to cover their sins. But then Christ came and demolished our sins. It was Christ's blood was no longer to just cover our sins for a temporary time period. It did away with sins past, present, future for us when he said it is finished. So Christ's blood is different than the actual animalistic lamb's blood. Christ came as the lamb for us to do away with sin forever, not just to cover. It is a much deeper revelation than just to cover our sins. And so that adamic mindset of that we are separated from God, how Adam believed after he sinned, when he bit into the apple, that the apple changed God when he bit into that. No, Adam did not have the power to change God by biting an apple. Apples do not change God. It did, however, change Adam's mind and what he thought about God. He thought he needed to run and hide in the garden. But God, Yahweh, showed up for the walk again that day. He said, Adam, where are you? God did not change. But our mind, did. we now have this mind of guilt and shame. Shame is this big piece that we, can't, we have to stop messing up. Okay? So let's look at then a possibility of what I believe a deeper meaning of this Matthew 4 17, when Jesus said, Repent the kingdom. Is at hand. I believe Jesus is saying, Change your mind. That's the repent. I believe that Jesus is saying, Change your mind about how you see yourself. You are not formless or void. We only believe we are. That's when we're sinning, when we believe we're formless or void. You are not formless or void. You are in fullness and union with me. Your identity is a son of God. Take off your old Adam self and change what you believe. That's the repent. Change what you believe will save you. Change your mind about who you are and how you see yourself. When you see yourself how I see you, that's leaving sin. That's leaving formlessness. That's leaving the void. That's leaving your false identity. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's close enough to touch is what that means. The kingdom of God is at hand. It is close enough to touch because Christ, now I am standing in front of you. Now I am inside of you and you are in me. So I'm going to read that again without the inserts of what sin is repentance. So I believe Jesus is saying, change your mind about how you see yourself. You are not formless. You are in fullness and union with me. Your identity is a son of God. Take off your old Adam self and change what you believe. Change what you believe will save you. Change your mind about who you are and how I see you. When you see yourself how I see you, that's leaving sin. That's leaving formlessness or without form. That's leaving your former identity. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's close enough to touch because I am standing in front of you, now inside of you. And you are in me. When we change our mind about ourselves, when we repent, changing our mind about ourselves, we leave our false Adam identity, that sin, in the past. And we move into our true identity and into the circle dance of love union. We remember and operate in fullness. Sin isn't messing up. It is not being our true self. So when we're not being our true self, that's when we do mess up, but we have to start looking towards the root of things. We can't just be like, I messed up again. I did this wrong. I keep, I keep turning back to this crap, this garbage. I keep messing up. Why? We have to ask ourselves, why? It's because we're not understanding. We're not seeing our true self. We're not agreeing with how Christ views us. That's sin when we're not agreeing with how Christ views us, when we actually start seeing ourselves as he views us, man, we start viewing ourselves as something valuable. We start viewing ourselves as the treasure, as the pearl that the merchant bought, right? Repent isn't begging for forgiveness. It's returning to our original intent. Repenting is not begging for forgiveness. It's returning to our original intent intent you guys this has a much deeper meaning at least it does to me in what is being said when jesus spoke repent the kingdom is at hand it wasn't this fearful message that you guys you need to stop messing up you got to get this right you got to stop messing up and and just beg for forgiveness from me and maybe you'll get into heaven No, he was walking along the Sea of Galilee and he was telling people, you guys, you have to strip off this old Adam mindset and quit telling yourself you're something you're not. You're believing that you're not in union with me. You're believing that you can't walk hand in hand with me. And that's not true. You need to change your mind about that. You need to change your mind that you can't walk with me. When you change your mind that you can't walk with me, You're going to see yourself as I see you, and you're going to be able to come into the circle dance of life, the Trinitarian circle dance of life, and walk with me in union. And that is the kingdom. The kingdom's at hand. It's right here. It's not something we're waiting for. It's not something that we maybe get to partake in after we die. We're in it now. We're in it later. It's eternal. This is when we're talking about going into the Alam path, the eternal path, the ancient path. This is part of it. Jesus was at literally orchestrating right there, getting people back even then 2000 years ago to turn back to the ancient path to turn back to the ways that Yahweh was walking with Adam and Eve in the garden before they changed their mind about themselves, that they were convinced that there's something that they not, that they already were. They were convinced that they weren't already like God, that they weren't already Walking in union with him, that they already didn't have access to the knowledge, all the inheritance that they wanted. They were believing a lie. That was the sin. They were believing something that wasn't true about themselves. And Jesus is simply walking and saying, You need to change your mind. You need to go back to the original intent. Right? You're not formless. You're not void. The Spirit already hovered the waters. Spirit already brooded that with the vibration and had creation come forth. It's so amazing, right? We have to start having this deeper revelation. These things that really aren't, you know, intellectually, we can know them and read them and see the definitions of these words. But sometimes it takes time for these things to penetrate our heart and to have a deeper meaning and that, that fullness, that pull into, into Christ. We feel it in him, and it's something that doesn't leave us. It almost it almost annoys us. And I'm not using annoy as a negative term here. I'm using it as as this constant pulling. It is this it is this continual pulling is I'm here. I'm here. You're walking with me. You're in union with me. It's so deep. It's so deep that it's not just a changing of direction. Hearing people every week tell you to, to change your direction, it's, it's it's like it's like shooting a free throw backwards. You're at the free throw line, but you're backwards, and everybody's yelling at you to turn around and shoot the right direction. Well, no duh, no duh, I have to shoot the right direction. I, I everybody wants to make the shot. Nobody enjoys missing the shot. Nobody enjoys sinning. They, you know, it's not a natural we've been told it's just ourselves our natural sin nature to do these things but nobody enjoys it everybody everybody nobody likes that it's not a natural thing to enjoy or to feel comfort when we're doing things wrong we're we're actually always that's why there's always a search for more if there were if there was a true enjoyment of always messing up there wouldn't be a search for more in our lives everybody's always searching for more until they find christ that's so much of the testimony right so I looked for this, and I looked for this, and I looked for this, and then I found Christ. That means they weren't enjoying where they were at messing up because nobody does. That's, a, that's just, it's just not true because our spirit is made from the very spirit of God. We are made in likeness and an image of him. And we have this, even if it's subconscious, pull to return to our original intent. Jesus was telling us that in that, in that scripture. It wasn't this begging for forgiveness, though, though forgiveness is a good thing. Asking for forgiveness is a good thing. All of those things are wonderful. But we also have to understand at times that if Jesus died for our sins and he succeeded in that, which I believe he did past, present, future, asking for something that he already did is more so for us it's more for so for us of that humbleness but it's not so much that it's already been done and when we understand those things our life can transform and change and move into a fullness with him that is safe it's actually moving into this realm of rest that we're okay that nothing can take me from his right hand we can move into a trust and a safety and a rest that's unexplainable. That transcends language. That the person next to you might not understand yet, and it doesn't mean they won't. But man, I tell you, this scripture moved from a, a word of fear for me of oh man, I gotta get this right. I'm a, I keep messing up. I mess up on this. I'm not gonna get the kingdom. And it moved it into a deeper, peeled back layer for me of no has nothing to do with fear because i know scripture says perfect love casts out all fear but i actually have nothing to fear when i understand the love of christ when i understand the love of the father and that's the revelation that we're continuing to get as we dive as we're unveiled together i hope this helps and encourages you guys today and i hope you just keep diving in and unveiling with me and you enjoyed We'll talk to you on the next one.